0: For joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast, with me as always, your co-host Kirk. Hello, hello. What's going on, Kirk? How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing okay. You know, a lot of times I don't tell you this. Um, I have a question for you. Do you? Can you hear me when the, when I'm muted from your end? No. That's good. When the music is playing, like the cue music, the countdown music and everything, I am doing absolutely insane things to the music. I am adding my own uh, raps usually. Yeah. And today I added a little harmony and it was really fun. And mm. I think we should um, play with it sometime soon.
0: We should. We should. Uh, I, for one, am glad that I did not hear it because it. Uh, we used to have a setup like that where like, I don't know exactly how we had it rigged up with like the way we used to record podcasts before we were doing videos and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, like if it was muted on the audio that was going into the computer, we could still hear each other. Um, And it was a living nightmare. It was so distracting. And you were often trying to do crazy stuff during my (laughs) open to like (laughs) to throw me off. And so that is why I'm glad, though. I'm sure your harmonies were lovely as always, Kirk. I know you are. Well trained in that area, so it, it would have been I've, nice.
1: I forgot that I did that to you. you. Did
0: yeah, a couple of times. Like <laughs> you know, it, it those were those were different. That was a different era. But um, I have built contingencies in place now to make sure I hear nothing from you whenever <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to produce the beginning of the show. Um, I will have silence. <laughs> Yeah, but thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm your other co-host, Cam. We are back on the stream. What's poppin'? We're gonna get down to the nitty gritty. Talk about all of the movie and television news going on this week. Um, it's probably gonna be more television than movie, to be honest with you, because Labor Day weekend is shaping up to be a massive weekend for television releases, but not so much on the movie side. Um, and actually, this last weekend, Kirk, I don't know if you saw the numbers, but holy yikes like bad. A historically bad. historically bad week for the box office like oh man i you would think that we were still in full play full-fledged pandemic and they were like showing reruns in the theaters with the way that the box office performed this weekend
1: right i mean there might have been 20 million dollars shared all the <laughs> way around
0: all the way around the entire domestic box office and yeah, like it was bad and number one, I think got like seven million dollars of the pie was the invitation. And like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit hypocritical because I you know I always say don't judge a book by its, by its cover, don't judge a movie by its trailer. But that movie looks big time bad. Um, like, youch yeah, uh, I, I don't even know where to begin with that movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially because, like, I feel like that movie's already been made. Like, I feel like there are 30 other movies called The Invitation. And just a quick...
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't there one with second. Jason Bateman or something like that?
1: I'm sure. That, that sounds exactly on the nose. Yeah, uh, just to, as a, a live read here for you guys, The Invitation currently has a 24% critic mm. score, a 54% audience score. This thing is going nowhere. I just Thoughts can't... And prayers for the cast. Yeah,
0: I mean... I mean... It's, you know, it's always, it's always tough. Like they, they're just doing their best and, and oftentimes they have no idea in the midst of it, unless they're like, wow, this is a really bad script, whatever. But that movie just looked terrible. And I can't imagine anybody sitting down and being like, I am voting with my dollars to go see this because, (laughs) especially because like this year has been really good for horror. And like, if I feel like the only people who would go see this movie is like horror fans in general Mm. and they've been so well fed (laughs) this year that it's like, why do you feel the need to go see like a crappy horror movie that looks like so run of the mill, like with a plot that's so washed out, like it's been done a zillion times. I don't know. Anyway,
1: It has. There's probably like three more movies like that on the way this year. Seriously. And the fact that they tried to like squeeze that in. uh, Man, I just got this feeling, this nostalgic feeling of uh, picking up the newspaper from my parents' cold hands, and
0: because
1: they were always cold,
0: because <laughs> okay. there was okay. Here we go. I was like trying to figure that. Out. I was like, "Are they dead? What's
1: happening?" <laughs> they're alive. They're alive. And and peeling back the entertainment section, and and then giving them back the rest, the sports and the business and the and the statistics and the stock market, and saying, "Where is the local movie theater? What are they playing?" And thumbing down and seeing the invitation, and scoffing, and moving on to the next one. That's the kind of feeling I have that I hope. People had while they were scrolling through their phones, or if they approached the movie theater without an idea of what they had. And yeah. I don't know if that still exists, but yeah, that's, I just got this like deep deja vu here going on. It's very tingly.
0: Dude, remember, yeah, checking the newspapers to see when the show times were. How, that's, <laughs> yes. that is one of those things that like will make us sound really old whenever we tell our kids, but like I vividly remember that from being a kid. Like, my mom grabbing the Belleville News Democrat and being like, "Here's what's showing at the Lincoln this week." Like, yeah. it's so, it, it, and that that feels like not that long ago, and yet that is like the most foreign concept ever. Like, I can't imagine that being my life, but
1: uh, it was. So, and I. I recently found, so there's only a handful of drive-in theaters in the United States yeah. anymore, let alone the world and our local one being one of, I think one of two of the oldest in the United States. Yes, correct. Uh, it, it, it absolutely does that. They don't really have uh, a fantastic website, unfortunately, uh, but they get great turnout and they post the owner posts like all the times on Facebook. Yeah. He says, all right, guys, Here's what we got. <laughs> we'll see you this time for this movie and this time for the other movie. Check out the snack bar. Hope you guys have fun. <laughs> like, it's, it's, so it's part great. of
0: the charm, man. Shout out Skyview drive in. Uh, yeah, it is. It is part of the charm of it. It's like if it was, if it was too easy to find, it almost wouldn't be as fun. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of, kind of love that, but yeah, so not a good week at the box office. Um, no. That said, you know, this happens there. There is a period of time where, uh, you know, it kind of it kind of lulls after summer. Back to school is happening. They know kids aren't going out on the weekends as much. They know they're not going to the movies on a Sunday night or a Tuesday night like they were during the summer. Things kind of lull off, and then it it builds back up. But Labor Day is a notoriously, or not notorious, but a famously great weekend for television. I mean, I think we can all remember, like growing up when cable was still super prolific, like fx tnt all of the the big uh cable networks running movie marathons of star wars and lord of the rings and playing gladiator a thousand times like that's what labor day was all about and now it's kind of turning into more of a streaming holiday i feel like um I can't remember exactly, but I feel like that movie with Chris Pratt, the Tomorrow War, that we reviewed—I think that was a Labor Day release—and okay, they're starting yeah. to sort of pack in like a lot of Labor Day um, television shows. So, Kirk, I think we should get into it and start talking about some of these. Um, if you're with your permission, of course, I would like to pop it up.
1: You have my permission.
0: Let's do it. All right, so. The big one, I mean, the big one is, of course, the new Amazon Prime video series, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. This is the one that's dropping this Friday. Um, This is the most expensive television show of all time. They are planning, I believe, we, we did this story a while back, they're already planning for like four seasons. The showrunners say they know exactly how it's going to end. Um... This is big. I mean, this is like an event. Um, It's the first thing we've really had in the Lord of the Rings universe since the Hobbit trilogy, I guess, which it wasn't really a trilogy because the last movie was two parts. But basically they turned one three- to four-hundred-page book into four three-hour movies somehow. Um, And Lord of the Rings fans were mixed on that, to say the least. I, for one was anti that series it had some moments but for the most part it felt overstuffed it felt disingenuous in terms of lord of the rings but this series has already been extremely polarizing um the the early trailers and set photos and things like that that have been released by empire you know they always do like the exclusive first look type of images have really struck a chord one way or the other with fans and prospective fans of this series and even if you go on social media right now you can't see a post about the rings of power without a huge mix of different reactions on facebook with a bunch of laughing emojis and a bunch of hearts it's just very polarizing but this series drops this friday kirk i know you i know lord of the rings isn't your thing but you've got to sit with this you've got to sort of watch all the materials where do you sit on this series as we're now you know four days away
1: yeah, I've got to kick my butt in gear. I am halfway through the second film, uh, The Two Towers. The two Towers, yeah. And uh, so I would know, say the best film. Yeah, it's it's going okay. You know, I. Uh, I well, here's what I hope happens. Let me say that. Here's what I hope. I hope that I start the episode of The Rings of Power, and I am just so sucked in to that world. That it lights a fire into me to finishing the original films. I don't know if that it'll have if it'll have that effect, if it's possible, but that's what I'm hoping for. I don't know why that is. For me, it's it's difficult to watch those original films, and I have no reason why, no reason whatsoever why, but I need something as a catalyst to get me excited, and I'm really hopeful that episode one does that for me.
0: I would be lying if I didn't say that those words are like a knife straight into my soul, Kirk. (laughs) So I'll just put that out there. (laughs) But I mean, in a way, in a way I can understand it's, it's one of those things where it's like, from your perspective, you were, you know, around Lord of the Rings viewing age when these films came out, like you would have been like 10, 11, whatever when they came out. And that's, you know, that's really when I started watching the movies. So it's one of those things. It was kind of like me with Harry Potter. Like I wasn't a Harry Potter fan when the movies came out, I saw all this stuff and I was like, eh, not really my thing. And then I watched it back later. And I know now that I liked the movies and I understand the whole movement that even as much as I have enjoyed it, it's nowhere close to what it was for the people who were going through it originally. So that's probably a little bit of what you're running up against. It's like, this is supposed to be this huge event but for you it's just like another series of movies that you're watching in the long list of things because it doesn't have the social cultural subtext around it right now it doesn't have the buzz
1: right right and i want to be clear i'm not like hipster status like oh, i don't buy no, into the yeah. lord of the rings and i don't think you're saying that i don't yeah. want to make i want to make yeah. that clear for the listeners is that while i'm not like uh, a passionate fan because i'm not i'm not aloof to it yeah um and i'm positive and knowledgeable that it is a great piece of cinema Uh even though it is not something that uh makes me run to the theater for well here's the thing it's it's
0: not for everybody i think that's Mm -hmm. fair like a a lot of people think that it just is and they're like oh you haven't seen the lord of the rings and (laughs) i get that to an extent it's because it was major event cinema i mean the fact that they were all three nominated for best picture third one one best picture it's a it's a huge milestone for a fantasy adaptation to achieve so i i get like why people are surprised when people haven't seen it but it really truly isn't for everyone the fantasy genre in general just isn't for everyone there are people who just cannot get into it um and depending on the era and the characters like some people just don't have a connection to it but
1: right I think this will change it all I'm sure I'm positive it will change it all cam and I think it I will, will be-
0: I think it will light a spark in you um if it's good because it's you know it's new it's fresh people will be talking about it you know it will sh- almost certainly open up some questions even though like it's worth noting with this series for anybody who's listening that hasn't been super close to the details like this is a prequel by like a lot of years um so Lots of the people who are super old in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like Elrond and Galadriel, um, you know, the elves, they'll be around. But anybody else that you're really familiar with kind of will not. And and the second age, um, so the, the, the trilogy, the Lord of the Rings book trilogy and film trilogy takes place in the third age of Middle-earth. The Silmarillion, which other people have read, Um, takes place in the first age so this this age that we're in for the show the second age is sort of the least written about at least in the canon age of the whole thing so there's going to be a lot of like unfamiliarity that said I do think there will be enough to make you be like "Ooh, I have questions about that how did that turn out how did things happen Um, certainly if they're going into the forging of the rings and, and all of that which based on the show title you would think they will Um, I think it will light a spark in you, and I hope that it does.
1: I would like to see the characters you said, um, Enron and MacGuffin, to (laughs) be in a high school setting with um, medieval lockers and perhaps a food fight of festival proportions. I think that would be the take that I am looking for in this show
0: yeah i think you'll get a little bit of that coming of age um like uh, (laughs) ferris bueller the breakfast club kind of style yeah give me
1: 16 candles give it to me i'm ready for it
0: (laughs) could be good it could be good that would certainly be a creative take um i think for me where i'm at on this show being a huge fan of the original movies and being a fan of this of the source material is like I can't not be excited. I'm extremely excited. And I think that a lot of the people who are already laughing at this show and being like, they've gone super woke or, or whatever. I think that those people are being a little bit silly and that you have to give it a chance beyond just seeing the pictures because it's been 20 years since those movies came out. So of course it's not going to look exactly the same as Peter Jackson's. So you, you honestly really can't judge it just by the way that it looks. Um, But I will say that coming out of that Hobbit series, it's like the ceiling for Lord of the Rings is extremely high, but Mm -hmm. the floor is extremely low. And so that's where I'm, that's, that's where I have to really manage my expectations because I know just how bad it could be (laughs) if it went bad, like it could be astonishingly terrible. Or it could be really brilliant or you know it could li- land somewhere in between there, which is probably the most likely scenario. But I think I'm scared of like just the fact that I know that that's a possibility. it terrifies me that the worst could happen.
1: Now is this the trailer that we got for like five seconds where someone's like holding on to like an ice crystal on a mountain? Was that the same trailer? Yes okay great so what I want to say to that is that you know there were lots of you know digs at She-Hulk and the CGI you know like oh it's not good you know it was pre it was pre-released they just wanted to give you a sense of it right and a lot of uh, this show got that kind of flack as well and I'm certain that the creators made it look better but they wanted to give you a taste so hopefully those that hopefully that yes. narrative goes away altogether with any show that's heavy CGI uh, I'm gonna watch it to see the marvel of it and i'll tell you what i watched that opening just the other night of the two towers and where they do a recap of gandalf falling oh, to his death on the, the bridge
0: fighting the balrog oh man yes so and epic. i
1: mean him they like keep cutting to frodo screaming at, and sam screaming out of sadness and, and 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 gandalf falling and and like fighting the thing and it's it's incredible to this day it's still incredible oh, like
0: it's, it's magic dude it's, cinema it's not magic. like
1: a jumanji like shock to the core like oh it looks like that like no it's actually really well done and i i hope that this will have that same lasting power i hope they took time to take care of it as well
0: yeah yeah i i do too man i i hope and pray with all my heart that that (laughs) is the case i really truly do um so yeah we'll see september 2nd that's this friday um, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, the most expensive television show in history will release on Amazon Prime Video. So be there or um, be square. You know, that's just the way that it is. That's the, way that that's the is. saying. <laughs> that's, that's what I hear. Um, so let's move on. And we're going to talk about some other big studios. Of course, we can't get through an episode without talking about superheroes. So we might as well just, just get into that. But I will say... This time around, this story is especially intriguing. We've talked a little bit, certainly last week, about some of the shakeups that are going on at Warner. Um, And one of the big things that happened over the last week was a very unexpected and very significant delay of both Shazam Fury of the Gods, which is the sequel to the original Shazam movie, and uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Aquaman was delayed nine months (laughs) it was delayed from March of 2023 all the way to December and Shazam which is like we're on the doorstep of Shazam we've seen trailers for Shazam it's like here it's done was delayed to March 17th of 2023 from its December release window Um, so there is a lot of speculation about what's causing that I think some people will just you know myself included my first thought was really just, like, they don't want to compete with Avatar. You know? And yeah. that's fair. That's going to be a big deal. Um, they're going to market... Disney's going to market the absolute heck out of that movie and make sure that it does really well. And it will do really well. Um, but in light of some of the stuff that's going on with Warner, it does make you wonder if there are bigger shakeups going on. And then we got the news that... that DC Films is looking for a Kevin Feige-esque person. Previously, they have had Walter Hamada, um, who has been sort of heading up the entire DC Films division. There have been rumblings that he is going to step away from that role, and it's becoming more certain, I think, now. He's basically going to stick around until Black Adam. It releases in October, and then he's going to bounce. Which, if ever there was a time for a gap... That would be it, then, right? So maybe that's the reason they push these movies. And the rumor is Kirk that Dan Lin, who is a you know a very well known and, and very successful producer in Hollywood, he's the head of uh, Rideback uh, Film and Television Company. He is being the one considered for this Kevin Feige role to step into the shoes of Walter Hamada. Um, looking back at his credits, a lot of what Dan Lin does is. Family type movies, and also like big, you know, I don't know what you would call them, like flagship tentpole, tentpole like movies. So like Godzilla versus Kong, um, and he he's you know was responsible for the Lego movies and the Lego Batman movie, mm. um, lots of family movies, um, and and it's it's extensive. Like his list of things on IMDb that are in some stage of production right now is insane. Haunted Mansion, Lego Batman 2, um, Sherlock Holmes 3, Inspector Gadget, Aladdin 2, Lilo and Stitch, Avatar The Last Airbender. I mean, these are huge franchises, huge IPs that he's behind. And now there are rumors um, coming from The Hollywood Reporter that he may be stepping in to the shoes and filling the Kevin Feige role. Kirk, I want to get your thoughts on this. Is it good news period that we're getting anybody new at the top of DC films or based on, you know, anything we know about Dan Lynn or anything we know about what's going on with Warner? Like basically what, how are you feeling about this?
1: Yeah, it's always good news because you need an outside source to do some quality control, not to come in and yell at the people telling them that they've done a terrible job thus far. He needs to come in and say, listen, you guys have a product and it needs some help. And maybe there's some politics to that. I'm here. I have no attachments, but I am getting paid to be here. And I just want everything to be good. And I want you guys to feel good about your your quality that you punch out, your content that you punch out. That is exactly the right move that DC and Warner needs to make right now. And I hope that's the role they take. I hope they don't say, hey, Dan Lin will pay you, but this is what we want to do with you. I hope it's like, hey, Dan, we saw what you did with XYZ successful products, and we want you to do it again. Uh, just... Full rain, you know, button up everything, change what you need to, delay what you need to, reshoot what you need to, let's go. And if that is the behind the scenes stuff, then we're in a really good spot. Because sometimes with uh, any company, like let alone a film or entertainment business, let alone a regular, you know, uh, just a regular business needs someone to say, hey, look, I like what you're doing. There's good heart in this. But what about this? Right. And you just kind of boop you know, veer them in the right path of what needs to be there. So I'm all in on Dan Lynn. And uh, I mean, I wish it would have been us, but if it doesn't work (laughs) out for him, I still think we could step up to the plate, but otherwise I'm a, I'm a big cheerleader for Dan Lynn.
0: Yeah. Resume submitted, follow up emails sent, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our foot in the door as best we can. Um, Yeah. But you know, if it's going to happen to anybody, it might as well happen to Dan Lynn. I'm just saying no, but I, I think for me, I'm excited about this you look at his list of credits and and it's always different when you're looking at a producer versus a director. Keep that in mind Um, because they are the money. They are the creative. They're running the film. And when I look at his, his resume, I see a lot of films that were very well marketed Really successful, whether or not the quality of the movie was good. I mean, he was involved in the It series. We really loved the first It movie. Didn't so much love the second It movie. Whatever, both did really well in the box office. The Lego movies and the Lego Batman movie—I both thought were, I thought both of those were awesome. And he's been involved in a lot of really big projects. Um, I think it's the right move for them to go in a new direction. I think Dan Lin is one of these guys you look at his track record. And I've heard him on tons of podcasts and other things. And I think that he's, his head's in the right place. He's a sharp guy. I think he would be able to like, give him something, give him a world to sink his teeth into. And I think he's going to knock it out of the park because he hasn't really had that yet in his career as successful as he has. He's been, he hasn't been given one big sweeping franchise that he can really just go to work on and i think that his executive prowess would would make him a good fit here and i think that for dc like there is a clear roadmap now we've seen the stuff that is successful for them the suicide squad i mean it was partially hampered by um covid but critically Thanks. successful the batman massively successful both critically and financially um you know peacemaker things like that like they've hit on some things in the in joker and so it's like now it's just a matter of figuring out where they fit and and kind of building out a full vision around that and i think that he's the right guy to do it um so i know people are anxious about everything going on at warner maybe anxious isn't the right word but because i don't think anybody's like "Uh, warner brothers i'm like losing sleep over it but every, night,
1: <laughs> Kirk every has been, night. Kirk hasn't been able to sleep for weeks. Every thirty-seven minutes I wake up and I say <laughs> Warner <laughs> Like HBO.
0: You know, like <laughs> I don't think anybody's at that point. But it's been it's been a big topic of discussion among film and TV Twitter. People are keeping an eye on it. They have really aggressive goals to shed a lot of money and a lot of fat from their whole operation. So it's something to keep an eye on, but I agree with you, Kirk. I think anybody new at the helm—literally nothing personal against Walter Hamada and the job that he's done—but right. I just think fresh eyes on this could, couldn't be bad at this point. It just really, it really couldn't. So,
1: um, and as a guess, you know, if we think about Aquaman one, I think <laughs> I think Dan then just says throw Aquaman 2 in the trash (laughs) let's start over I mean because you already have to cut out Amber Heard, that's just a given when you have this new leadership easy easy peasy so let's just reshoot it because we know how terrible Aquaman 1 was sorry for the Aquaman 1 stands but it's not good it's not good and if you have any elements of that the second one it's also not going to be good Uh,
0: I don't know man they've got a lot of big decisions to make I heard that you know I read that they they met with Ezra Miller to discuss the conduct and they're taking the approach of like, let's apologize and you can get some professional help which clearly is needed but you know some of the stuff coming out of that was still very disturbing about how Ezra Miller was like not at all phased by the negative headlines that were rolling in like they were just like (laughs) Yeah, whatever. But if The Flash is going to get canceled, hold on. That's a different story. So it's like that almost makes me feel like there's no remorse there. And I'm also wondering, like, if there's no remorse, (laughs) how do you walk into a meeting with Ezra Miller? Like, what is that even like? I I just imagine it's like in my head it's like meeting with that kid from the wild thornberries who like can't even talk you so like, <laughs> like that's what Johnny. i'm imagining like on all fours leaping around the room assaulting people i just like that <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine any sort of productive professional meeting happening with that
1: kind of person it's so true it's so true yeah the fact that they said while Ezra Miller was aware of the headlines, <laughs> yeah. like you said, no remorse no, was shown. No,
0: no. Oh my. Ezra's goodness. good.
1: Like, Ezra's like,
0: yeah, I I saw it. You know. It like, also sounded
1: like they met like on the on like uh, almost like uh, treaty agreements between countries. Like it sounds yes. like they met on the lot, <laughs> like with security, like four dudes, like Ezra, Ezra's lawyer, and two Warner people, just like so. Um, how you feeling? Uh, yeah, you on. you good?
0: This was a total Craigslist handoff situation yes. at the police station, broad daylight. Like, <laughs> And frankly, I would be doing the exact same thing. Like, yeah. they, like Ezra's going to throw a chair at somebody if you don't. So uh, he might, you know, like, sorry, they might even still do it anyway. So uh, it's... Yeah.
1: <laughs> Ezra throws the lawyer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It, all, I don't need you anymore. All, all bets are off, honestly. <laughs> so well, we'll see. It sounds like we're going to be seeing The Flash. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, best of luck to DC. And if they end up going with Dan Lin, it sounds like Kirk and I are both on the page that that is a good call. And, and it's exciting. On the other side, Marvel, um, ever since there was a shakeup on the uh, Fantastic Four directing front there have been huge questions and there have been rumors about who would be brought in to helm the fantastic four there were rumors that you know big giant directors were being considered and there's of course casting rumors all the time it's just like everything around comic-con and everything was about fantastic four um and What they ultimately decided to go with, or at least what it's sounding like based on some reporting from The Hollywood Reporter, is not a big giant movie director, but rather somebody that is just familiar to them. Um, In Matt Shackman, who was, of course, the showrunner of WandaVision, if you remember that show, and has some experience directing episodes of Game of Thrones and working on some other big big projects. Certainly an up-and-comer in the world and was actually... Tapped to direct the Star Trek series, the fourth uh, installment in that series for Paramount. But it's sounding like he has reshuffled his schedule to remove the Star Trek movie from his schedule so that he can go direct Fantastic Four. So Kirk, Marvel goes with Matt Shackman, somebody that they are familiar with, to replace John Watts, who has arguably been... The most successful director at Marvel, maybe save the Russo brothers and John Favreau uh, and Ryan Coogler, but what are your thoughts on this pick? Are, are you underwhelmed by it? Are you excited about it? Like, where, where's your head at?
1: I am excited about it. I'm torn for this one as well. I'm torn on a lot of things, but this one in particular, I I still stand by it right now. That Wandavision is the best disney plus series that marvel has put out hands down there's no contest it is top to bottom perfect 100 it wins every every bracket you put it up against so i was very excited to see this go for the star trek news and now i'm very devastated that i won't have him and the security blanket of of him in star wars i'm sorry star trek Uh, I was very excited I I don't know why I can't do both you know just tell them hey we'll do it at a later time let me get Fantastic Four underway and then we'll go ahead and take care of this but alas life is terrible and I think it's going to be great for Fantastic Four but I am worried about Star Trek Uh,
0: yeah I don't know how I feel about this because like I I agree I I mostly agree with you on WandaVision I do think it's I, I think it's if it's not one it's two for Marvel shows, I tend to lean towards Loki, but I certainly think WandaVision is right there. Like those are the Loki and WandaVision are the two shows that feel a significant degree above the rest of the Marvel shows. Even though I have enjoyed pretty much all of them, most most of them, um, those two shows are like the bar, and then everything else falls somewhere below it, a good degree below it, I would say. So sure. And he directed one of my favorite episodes of uh, Succession. He, he directed the Justice episode of that show and has directed some Game of Thrones and, and some Always Sunny. and has, has a good resume and is certainly an up-and-comer. So I have no qualms with his uh, ability. I just... Marvel is, is so confusing to me right now and I thought that they were going to swing for the fences and go big and... I almost wanted that, just because I'm just... This movie has to be spectacular. It's been so built up. This is Marvel's first family. This is going to be the next big pillar of Marvel to carry it in. Like, if Marvel is going to be successful going forward beyond 2025, it's going to have to be on the back of this movie, among others. But this one is certainly one of those, like, milestone type of things. And so I want them to get it right. I want them to get it near perfect. And I'm not saying that they can't do it this way. I'm just. It would. I feel like to me, if they had gone with somebody who was like a heavy hitter, like somebody who's known, um, who has helmed a lot of big stuff in the past. I don't know who that would be. Almost like a James Mangold or. Sam Mendez. Yeah, Sam Mendez. Not like a J.J. Abrams, but, you know, like somebody in that tier uh, of director. I feel like that would show me, like, okay, they know that this has to be knocked out of the park. But on the other hand, Kirk, one of the things we talked about, uh, or at least my opinion, was whenever they bring in some of these more established people, like the Raimis, like some of these veteran people who have gone and had really successful careers already before coming to Marvel, they almost turn the reins over too much to them, it seems like. like. It's almost like Feige steps out a little bit too much, and I feel like his creative influence needs to be there. And I believe um I mean Feige and Ed Shackman almost certainly have a really good working relationship. They've worked together on a couple of different things, so maybe the creative back and forth will be more intact there than it has been on some of the other projects. So it's like I want I just want this to be good. I don't care how we get there. I want it to be good and I thought that them going out and getting somebody big would like signal that they're like, we're going to go knock this out of the park, but maybe, you know, as I talk about it, maybe it is a good sign.
1: Plot twist. Scorsese steps in to direct daredevil. The film in the Bronx.
0: I think that would be the end of the world. Like (laughs) (laughs) after Scorsese, just being like, yeah, I don't like Marvel movies, which is a totally fine opinion to have. Um, and he didn't even really say that he was just like it's not cinema whatever uh what you know whatever but that would be the ultimate twist that would be the ultimate right. twist
1: right or he shows up as a character
0: He's Ben Grimm. grim <laughs> it's clobbering time <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be he just starts
1: cursing left yeah right it's just <laughs> it becomes
0: it becomes taxi driver um yes yeah, we'll see. Matt Shackman, congrats on this. I am also bummed that he's not going to be on the Star Trek 4 train. I thought that that was a good hire, and I was excited about that. Who knows where they'll go now, but um, we'll see, Kirk. I'm, I'm worried about your Star Trek movies. I really am.
1: <sighs> Me too. I mean, again, we are open to work. That's fine. If they want to hire us, we'll figure it out. Um, Learn on the job. Yeah. Right. I think that'd be fine. I think that'd be fine.
0: We'll see. We'll see what they go with. If my phone rings, I'll, I'll answer it. Even if it says spam risk, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to answer it. Um, That's right. Okay. Last piece of news I want to cover before we get into some trailer reaction, Kirk, is the Netflix... Well, first of all, today's Netflix's 25th birthday, technically, which doesn't wow. make sense because I, I would have been four when... Right. <laughs> but... That's because they were like, they were like originally like an eBay shop. I think that was, okay. they were running this whole thing through eBay or something. Um, and it was just like this film training service. And it took a really long time before they scaled up to where they were like a big thing. So it's not like certainly not the 25th birthday of the Netflix that we know, but it is the 25th birthday of the founding of
1: Netflix. that's nuts.
0: It is nuts. Um, but on Netflix's 25th birthday, I thought we should talk about, some news that's been happening there with regard to these new um, video game related series that they are doing and movies. So Netflix is reportedly developing a Bioshock movie and they have already tapped a writer and director for that film whose names are both escaping me at this moment but they have, oh go ahead
1: Cam Wiggs and Kirk. you.
0: <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> I should have known. I was like no way Kirk has been following the Bioshock <laughs> news to the point where he just rattles those right off the top of the brain I should <laughs> <laughs> dang it Kirk God. fell for you again um, but then the horizon series which is one I'm very excited about because I play the games they have tapped the umbrella Academy showrunners to be the showrunners of this series which will be quite an undertaking because the whole process the whole thing about horizon is that it's this really unique scenario where like it's way way future nature has retaken the earth but there's also like these robot animals that are everywhere that are predators i feel like that's going to be hard for a netflix series to accomplish in bioshock i feel like aesthetically as a netflix film will also be difficult to do um But I figured I would just share that. I don't know that there's really anything to say about it.
1: Yeah. You know, I recently watched uh, GoldenEye, the James Bond film with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. And uh, notoriously one of the most game-changing video games on this planet. The first person uh, James Bond shooter. And I just feel like if those creators are still alive, I'm sure some of them are, why don't we talk to those guys? Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were able to, they just need to reverse engineer it, right? Because the movie came first and they watched the movie, took the notes in the movie, and then immediately pu- pumped that game out so fast yeah. and incredibly well. And what if they can reverse that and say, we have this video game and I mean, yeah, we need a movie of it. So I don't know, talk to those guys because something needs to be done about the video game to movie, uh, transfer and it's still it's, it's bad not right yeah
0: like surely one of these ha- like one of these eventually has to hit right like it's just mm-hmm. a matter of time like they, they can't possibly make 5,000 terrible video game adaptation movies like eventually they're gonna get one right and like maybe television series is the way to go I mean they were like kind of close with the Witcher show that had Henry Cavill but it still wasn't that great um yeah. It's, and so that felt closer to the formula that you need to successfully adapt a video game. I don't know. It's, it's hard to know because even some of the best video games have been adapted into something that has just been horrible. But I don't know. It, it just feels like a law of averages, right? Like eventually one of these has to hit. And yes. I would love for it to be the Horizon series or the Bioshock movie, to be honest. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's the Netflix portion of this that is actually making me nervous about it. Honestly, yep.
1: it's it's going to be absolutely the most unexpected, like um, like uh, the Simpsons Sunday Drive or Taxi <laughs> Driver
0: when they when they adapt that. Yeah, it's going to be like <laughs> this is the one. This is the thing that everybody loves. Like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, like Rocket League, or- the TV series, like.
1: Uh, 1080 degrees you know that n64 game i only know n64 games from a brief period of time
0: (laughs) yeah well you know me and my wife have been obsessively playing stardew valley which is like a farm it's like a like a pixelated 2d farm simulator game um Mm -hmm. it's massively successful we played it for the first time like four years ago and then recently picked it back up again that could be a show because that's like it's like the whole plot is like new person moves into a town, inherits a farm. Everybody's we like a farm. openly hostile, but then they like take over, like they slowly build it up and I don't know. It could be very wholesome. It could be a network television show, I guess is what I'm yeah. trying to say.
1: <laughs> you just take, take elements from We Bought a Farm and Disney Channel original movie Horse Sense. And I think you've got a whole There you go. Right there.
0: That's a smash hit. Yeah, it could be good. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on these. I, I think it's... It's interesting. I'm, I'm rooting for them. I hope that it does well. All right, Kirk. Before we talk about what to watch for and everything that's happening this weekend and in the immediate future, two new trailers came out that I have to draw your attention to. Let's start with the lesser of the two, in my opinion, okay. which is um, Disney's Pinocchio trailer. And yeah. I think that the reason that this trailer is so interesting is, first of all, this movie comes out September 8th. It comes out next week. What on Disney what? Plus? So it's a Disney Plus release, which I don't think everybody is grasping. Like it's, it is releasing on Disney Plus. It is not going to theaters, and it comes out next week on Disney Plus Day, which is uh, I guess Thursday, September eighth, um, which is the second year that they've done Disney Plus Day. But in this trailer, what we really got to see was Pinocchio himself, um, where yeah. which is something that we, we sort of missed from the original trailers, but he's out here, like as you can see if you're watching on the stream, he's dancing around, he's doing his thing uh, he's acting very puppet-like um, and I thought that that was interesting because he looks in my opinion kind of fantastic, like I think he looks yeah. really good uh, but this movie also revealed at least in my opinion as well this is another shot for shot remake, Kirk, isn't it?
1: That I can't tell. That I cannot tell. I there feel like it is. Of, I like that cat, the shot of, uh, is it Figaro? Figaro, still yeah, in this? yeah. Uh, I mean, that, the fireworks, um, a lot of it looks very familiar. It should not be shot for shot. No, it shouldn't. It looks like it's leading that way, unfortunately.
0: I am so. My brain is pretzeled about this movie. (laughs) Like, this this trailer broke me because on the one hand, I hate Pinocchio. I hate the story. I don't like anything about it. I liked it as a kid. Watching it back now, I'm like, I hate Pleasure Island. I hate the whole blue fairy, turn the puppet into it. Like, I just, I hate the plot. I don't like anything really about it. Um, And yet, (laughs) and yet, Kirk... This is now intriguing me. This this now like, it looks, at least visually, pretty dang good, and yeah. even though, even though I'm not really interested in the live action remakes, I've traditionally been a, a staunch opponent of them. I am like kind of excited to watch this.
1: Yeah, I think Pinocchio looks the best, uh, and that's probably the draw because. He looks like, and this is probably very on purpose, if you had a real life Pinocchio puppet yeah. for $389.99 from Disney uh, from Disney World, you know, got on the Park Studios, um, I think that you would love that. I mean, it, he looks absolutely adorable. I want to snuggle with him.
0: <laughs> just, yeah, he looks perfect. He's, he's precious.
1: Jiminy does not look right, though. Like, I'm, I'm digging Joseph Gordon-Levitt's voice for him. Agreed. I like, like the voice a lot. His face is very rigid, and it needs to be, like, the, like his jowls, his jowl lines are just very strange. They made him me, look too
0: much like a cricket.
1: It's like, right.
0: if you're going to make, like, the perfect adaptation of Pinocchio, do the same thing to Jiminy. Like, I know that he's in a real-world environment and whatever, but, like, he looks too crickety he really does
1: he looks too much like a bug we need to not feel like he's a bug and then the fox i forget his name but he looks exactly like the fox in um oh what's the what's the story peter rabbit yes (laughs) not the movie this the tv series uh in the book honestly which is good it's fine but there's a lot of mixed feelings i have but ultimately pinocchio home run he looks absolutely stunning i did not realize this was coming out next week that blows my mind next
0: week we may be even reviewing it on the podcast. I don't know. That'll be a quick turnaround. We'll see what happens, but um, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it next week, and uh, that yeah. was something that like, I totally wouldn't expect. There are there are some Disney remakes that I still haven't seen, and I'm typically just not at all interested in them, and I shouldn't be interested in this because I don't even like the original, but uh, here, here we are, Kirk. I can't explain it. I really can't, but... Um, Also, again, Cynthia Revo singing When You Wish Upon a Star. For the win, I'll take that all day long. Okay, now for the real trailer. The the one that took the internet by storm today, and that is the trailer for Weird, the Al Yankovic story, starring (laughs) Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic himself. Um, This trailer is so delicious in so many different ways like first of all like and for anybody who didn't know this is a Roku film so that's going to be insanely interesting I I can't remember the last time that if ever that Roku had like a big event I know they did like the Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas and that was like their big get before but this feels much more significant than that this has like a legit cast you know it looks like a legit film so we will, we will see but what I love so much about this trailer Kirk is the whole I, I've been wondering how they're going to go about telling this story but the way that they have decided to go with it is the only and most perfect way to do it which is that he's a guy who writes parody songs and this movie is effectively a parody of his life in, in yes. most ways or at least, <laughs> at least a caricature of his life what, what did you think about this one
1: yeah, I love the line where he says, I've I've only ever dreamt about <laughs> writing music <laughs> of other people's songs and changing the words to them. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, I, my biggest question about this is that is it only releasing on the Roku channel or will it have a theatrical release as well?
0: I don't believe it has a theatrical release, Kirk.
1: Oh, what a travesty because... Look at it. It looks so good. It looks so, so good. <laughs> like, it's so absurd and wonderful. But Daniel Radcliffe is giving his all. It's the perfect casting all around. Uh, super glad to see Rain Wilson in, in something this exciting that, you know, he's done some, you know, strange things since The Office, and this will be uh, quite the home run, I feel like. Uh, top to bottom, this trailer just gives me such excitement, and I'm so thankful I have a Roku television so I can watch this premiere when it comes.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm stoked about it. I This is such an interesting thing to me, like from a business perspective, is Roku does Roku have the ability to continue to create films to drive subscribers to their devices? Like, is that an actual business vertical they want to go into? I mean, seemingly, otherwise why do this at all? But this movie is going to attract people. Like, I feel like anytime we've posted about it, it's buzzy. People like it. They, they like the way it looks. They like to see it. It's got Daniel Radcliffe who still has a massive following. Yes. And... It looks fun. I mean, you can't deny it. It just looks like a really fun movie that even if it was bad, like even if it actually ended up being a bad movie, you would have a good time watching it. And to be honest, it doesn't look bad. It looks really fun. Daniel Radcliffe looks like he gives a great performance. He looks like him. He sounds like him. He's going totally all in, which is all Daniel Radcliffe does these days. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bought in. I'm bought in on it.
1: This is gonna be much like Weird Al's, you know, UHF. Oh, (laughs) dude, UHF
0: is freaking legendary. Like, I, (laughs) I've showed that movie to so many people who have never seen it, and it's just—I mean, it it is an all-timer.
1: Yeah, it's—it's just gonna become. This film is already iconic. I feel like it'll be great, and I will be devastated if it doesn't get a theatrical release. Because imagine getting to go into the theater and uh Daniel Radcliffe is up there as Al yankovic and he he starts singing you know everyone's favorite songs like can you imagine there could be sing along events in fact if we if we need to get the rights <laughs> to this right now <laughs> so we can hold a, a sing along event when this film comes out
0: yeah it's uh i i can't wait like at the very least if you know some if you don't own a Roku like start calling your friends <laughs> And be like, whose house can I come to on November 4th to check this out? That's whenever Weird the Al Yankovic story will be streaming November 4th on the Roku channel only, Kirk, unless somehow it gets... I mean, I know it was like it was a Toronto International Film Festival selection and and has gotten some festival play. So you would think it would get a theatrical, but hey, you know, Stranger Things Have Happened. Coda didn't get a theatrical release. There are lots of movies that are really good that just don't. Um so we'll see, but I have I have extremely high hopes for this movie now, I feel like. All righty. Same same-sies. Moving along, uh let's get into what to watch for and then we'll get out of here. Um really this weekend the the big thing is going to be The Rings of Power September 2nd. We talked about that. Before the weekend, you've got She-Hulk episode 3, which by the way, the reason I'm even mentioning that um because you're like episode three who cares there's meant to be a post-credit scene that is supposed to be pretty impactful um in terms of maybe not in terms of plot relevance but something that anybody who has seen it like the people who get to watch ahead have been like hey make sure you stick around for the post-credits so That's that right. is That's coming right. this thursday um and then uh, the other thing that's releasing uh, the second September second is Elvis, and if you go and watch that film on HBO Max this weekend, be fr- be sure to swing back around and listen to our review of it. Full
1: with whisper- <laughs> Kirk's got oh, a wig, <laughs> he's back. It's <laughs> God, me, no, it's me, Elvis. Hey, everybody, make sure you check out my <laughs> release on HBO Max. I know they're shaking things up over there at Warner Brothers, but make all sure right. you see me in all my glory on September second. Oh, you good? I got it out of my. System. Okay, good. That's good.
0: Uh, I was, you know, I was trying to drive people to the YouTube channel Kirk whenever Elvis arrived, which is unfortunate. He has uh, thwarted me yes, yet again. Um, <laughs> anyway, we reviewed that movie. Go watch the movie on HBO Max. Then come listen to our review either on the podcast or on YouTube. And maybe if you don't, I'll have Kirk subject you to his Elvis impersonation <laughs> uh, yet again. Even though it is, it is a pretty good one, I have to admit. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then here's what we're really excited about, me and Kirk specifically. National Cinema Day is this Saturday. Look, wherever you go to movies, if it is a chain or even if it's not, th- like thousands of cinemas all over the United States will be celebrating, celebrating National Cinema Day Saturday, September 3rd. That's this Saturday. Uh, most of them are doing $3 tickets, discounted concessions, all kinds of stuff. Um, for new releases, so there's still some good movies out in the f- in the theaters right now. You can go see Bullet Train. I think Top Gun is showing a ton of places. Dragon Ball Z, whatever, uh, or Dragon Ball Super. There's tons of good stuff to go out there and see. Um, Jaws is back in theaters this weekend. Spider-Man: No Way Home is back in theaters this weekend.
1: What about Morbius? Is it the the third release uh, of Morbius it should for three dollars? It should
0: be Morbin time, <laughs> uh, Kirk. I think three dollars is highway robbery for for that one, but. <laughs>
1: Uh, you get three dollars if you see it <laughs> they're like please and then you can have a double feature and spend it on the next movie you actually want to see you can
0: go see spider-man afterwards but <laughs> yeah so if you don't go to the movies because it's expensive because it is let's be honest like let's let's just put that out there it is expensive to go to the movies that's just a fact um and totally understand people who don't because it's cost prohibitive prohibitive this weekend It's not. So go check it out. Have a great time. The cinema is still awesome, still fun. Uh, You'll have a fun time with it. And then finally, the thing that I'm most excited about this weekend is uh, Rick and Morty. (laughs) Season six kicks off September 4th, uh, which is this coming Sunday. And you get the day off the next day, so you can stay up and watch it on Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. So it'll be a good time.
1: How many episodes is it?
0: It'll just be one on uh, oh, okay. on Sunday, I believe. Sometimes they've week. done two, but they do week-to-week week releases, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, gotcha. I was just imagining, what if they gifted the world with the whole season? I wouldn't see oh, you it'd be amazing. the entire three days. <laughs> no, I'd be
0: gone. I'd be gone to the world. It, it would be epic, though. <laughs> All right, anything else, Kirk? Anything I missed?
1: No, that is everything. You nailed everything.
0: We popped it up. We talked for a long time about good stuff. Lots of good stuff going on out there. We know... The movies were not big this week, but TV is as big as it gets right now. Make sure you watch The Rings of Power this Friday on Amazon Prime Video. We will be there watching. And until that time, I want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band Rhetoric, who created our original music, which you're hearing now. We will not have a review episode this week, so we will truly see you next week.
1: Talk to you then.